Welcome everybody back to Talking to Strangers. Um, this was technically be episode three. Uh, we did not have one last time. Um, just the timing uh, didn't work out. Um, but this was the most important one I wanted to get up um, over these first few episodes. Um, today, I'm joined by Anthony. Um, and we are uh, a little bit later in the episode going to get into just the aspects of, of rules lawyering when you're a DM and a player. Um, as both of us have been on each side of that table. Um, but first off, Anthony, um, mm -hmm. how you doing? Good, good. Thank you for having me on. I kind of feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm the asshole that we have to talk about being a rules lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, as I've been summing up to you um, uh, separately outside of chat, the main reason was because you you did something that should happen in every D&D game. It's not being an asshole. Um, but also, you have the experience of DMing and also playing under another DM. Sure. Um, so, outside of everybody at the table, um, you have the most experience playing with all, you know, different, three different varieties of DM. Um, sure. Besides Jonathan. So, Jonathan's been playing this forever. Yeah, yeah. But, um, that's true. But, uh, yeah. He didn't call me out for a rule in the game, so... <laughs> He doesn't get to do this. Um, so first off, before we get in, I, as I've started every time um, when people come on for the first time here, um, how are you uh, enjoying being in a, a new character? It's it's fun. It's yeah. Uh, so this is what episode is this airing after? This is after four. The, after okay, the battle. So this is the yeah. battle. Yeah. Um, I'm having a good time with this character. Um, I'm starting to. I've got to try and not just, I don't know, after this past episode that hasn't aired yet, uh, not to do spoilers, I'm going to be very non-specific, but I feel like taking the, I'm taking the reins a little bit, which I don't know. I mean, it's my character probably could, but at the same time, he would probably also delegate responsibilities. So I think in my head for the next session, maybe not be the guy coming up with a plan but i'm having fun overall um this character is weird i think mostly just because of the accent um <laughs> and there are some things that i want to get into like down the road which we haven't gotten into yet but it'll be it'll be interesting yeah i feel the two leaders of this group are, are you and jen's character sure um, and and maybe it's a thing where um you know because this is so focused on you this mm -hmm. story this this part of the arc maybe that's why you take the lead and when we start transitioning to other people's arcs maybe they take the lead that's sure. what i'm kind of hoping yeah um, will happen um in one case i don't think that's going to happen but um we um can deal with that when we get to it um but for the most part, um, it's been real good so far, especially through these four episodes. Um, you guys got to finally get a real test of battles. Um, and I tried out a few new things to challenge you a little bit since, you know, you have been through an entire campaign. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong um, or give your opinion on it. But I believe this battle showed two things. Um, one, um, that you guys are a lot more squishier than you were when at the end of the last campaign. Sure. And you can't be as risky. 
um, with things. And two, um, uh, you got to uh, pay attention to, you know, if I'm throwing anything, which is why you're here, things out there. Because one mistake from me um, and an error on reading a spell could be a TPK. So um, I, I think that was the good thing that happened for all of us involved. Um, I think it was the first like shock to the system of you guys. I go, oh, we're only level three. Mm-hmm. Right. We can't just like run headlong into, you know, yeah. <laughs> into a thing. Um, yeah, I would say I, you know, I like the the harder battles. Um, I think we were towards the end of last campaign. We we're just basically running rockshot through everything. Um, even even your BVEG fight with Annie, which we kind of spoiled for you um, with. Within with excellent rules, planning with excellent planning that's yeah. one of the, one of the times where the planning actually worked out um yeah it, i i wouldn't even say it's like it, i wouldn't even call it rules lawyering or you misinterpreting the rule um more than it was you weren't specific with what you did so basically if anybody is listening to this now and either hasn't listened to the last episode or um Every forgot what ha- forgot what yeah. happened um, basically what happened is we were in a fight with a bunch of, was it Yanti? Were we fighting Yanti? Essentially, yeah. Um, on a ship and they, whoever, sorcerer or whatever, a spellcaster cast suggestion on both, um, Dan's character and Jonathan's character. But his task that he told them was to attack. Now you can... You could interpret attack a number of different ways, and I asked you, because I had suggestion in the last campaign, and I knew that I had to be very specific with what I asked uh, others to do, was that once you attack, technically, you have succeeded in accomplishing that suggestion. So <laughs> so I, I posed the question, which is like, well, technically, isn't, isn't that done? Aren't they done now? Um, and... You know, you could have been like, well, no, attack means, you know, attack for as long as you become a threat. And that could have, you could have ruled it right like that. Um, but yeah, so I wouldn't really call it, um, it, it's kind of towing the line between rules lawyering and just kind of posing that question yeah. in terms of interpretation. But yeah, I mean, because cause honestly, that's the way we're getting our ass kicked by our own people. Um, <laughs> because that was the only that was the only damage I took was, was Dan's character, Barry shooting my guy in the face <laughs> like twice. And he did like 17 points of damage on one of them yeah. or something like that. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From, from my side, I, the reason why I ruled the way I did and I can finally, you know, speak of it um, here um, is that I didn't, I want to set a precedent going forward. Um, like if any of you, any of you guys, uh, that both of those phrases sound terrible. Um, saying user, you, you guys. Um, <laughs> y'all. That's why y'all, y'all exists. Y'all. You know, if y'all um, uh, use suggestion or any spell like that in the future, I want it, you know, to be the precedent set that you do have to be extremely specific mm-hmm. um, with it. Um, because there's a ninth level spell, which I can fuck you guys over if you're not very specific. Right. Um, which, for those of you out there who haven't played, we're not going to get to this for a long time, but um, it's the wish spell, and mm-hmm. 
you have to be very specific um, <laughs> because the wish will grant exactly what you say. So if right. you say, you know, uh, you know, I wish, uh, I wish this person like didn't exist or something. It wasn't just killing them. It's like basically you're rewriting time. Right. Like that person doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Or like I, I wish for you to make me a ham sandwich and you turn, yeah. you get turned into a ham sandwich. Ham sandwich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sort, sort of things like that. Like that's the two extremes, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, unknowingly rewriting history and turning yourself into a, a delicious deli sandwich. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, my goal as a DM is always and to, to set uh, the example. Like, um, I don't want to be able to do something and go, ha, no, fuck you, I'm the DM, I get to do it differently. Um, right. Sort of thing. Uh, and thankfully, you did think of that and remembered that from the last game, because you guys probably, at least one or two of you would have died. Um, oh, yeah, I was pretty close. Yeah, and uh, and, and he, was not rolling they, well. <laughs> they, they could not hit their the uh, the saves. Um, no. Yeah, because I remember, I just remember last, last year, I was like... Um, I think when we were in the 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 northern part, like the snow areas, I think I told like a couple of Yetis, I was like, we can't fight here, it's really cold. Why don't you guys walk eight hours south and we'll meet you there? Because the eight hours is the is the length of the spell. <laughs> <laughs> like, rather than why don't you guys guys go away? It's like walk walk south eight hours. Um, and it's actually funny because the the campaign I'm in um, off off podcast. Um, a similar situation popped up like after this had happened. So our DM uh, had, we were with some wizards that, you know, kind of, for lack of a better term, we were kind of begrudgingly together with, and we had uh, items of uh, necessity and items of interest on our persons. And so they cast a suggestion on the person that was holding them and said, throw us the bag. Um, so the person threw them the bag, but then immediately after they threw them the bag, they were like, well, why the fuck did I just did that? And he called himself on it because he was like, shit, because as soon as the wizard, as soon as you give it to the wizard, they're going to, you're going to realize what they did, but yep. they stuck with it. So it's, it's an interesting spell to say the yep. least, because it makes you have to choose your words wisely. Yeah. And it's also charm person is sort of the same way um, in the sense that the person remembers they were charmed by you. Um, so you got to remember that if you're going to be running into that person again, you know, you may not want to use that spell sure. on them, yeah. um, cause it could set up a whole weird situation. <laughs> um, but suggestion is, is one of those, it's your first chance at a low level to learn to read your spells. Mm -hmm. Um, because, um, and it was something I was doing when I was doing it. I was like, oh, this will be cool. You know, it's like casting Confuse in a, in a, um, in a RPG, you sure. know, and they'll turn on each other. And I didn't really, I was more worried about making the battle entertaining than, than really reading the rule. Um, but what I like about it is that it can, you can have like your, um, like your scenario where it's non-battle, my scenario where you could have mages basically turn to battle from like a five on four to a, you know, everybody against only two of your party members, mm -hmm. you know, with, without the ability. Like if I were to say kill Barris, yeah. you know, then it would have been like, 
we'll keep going until he's dead. Right. Um, this sort of thing. Um, but what I want to get um, perspective from is um, between the, you know, the three, the three, uh, the three times you DMing me and the other one, um, is there, is there ever, is there a way, like, is there bits and pieces that you've taken away as a player to like sort of look out to or ways you strategize in a battle? Like, cause you've been on the other side and you kind of try and read what I might do or stuff like that. Um, to be honest, I, I, in all my campaigns, I make it a point not to do something metagamey. Okay. Um, I really try, I try to make a concerted effort to not metagame. Um, even to the point of e the situation we're talking about is <laughs> I called, I called it out and then and still continue to shoot Barry in the face. Cause that's what I would have done in that situation. Yeah. Um, so I try not to bring anything in there and I'm not, a, I'm not a very good DM in terms of <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, cause I am a ball of nerves when I, in the, in the few times I've, DM'd. I enjoy creating the story, but in terms of executing it, I hate it. <laughs> uh, I do not have any fun on the on the day of. Um, but as much as much as it seems like I might have fun, uh, you know, dicking around Tom or whatever, <laughs> or what he perceives to be me having around. it out for him, because he's probably listening to this. Is like which is now which has now become just a bit, even if it's not true. <laughs> As with any podcast we do. Right. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't the plan. It was who uh, I was thinking who would kill per somebody in this situation? Probably Tom. Uh, <laughs> and he wasn't. So. Um, but yeah, so I, I try not to think that way unless because I, I don't think I've ever played a character that would think that way. I mean, if I was playing like a character that was like a battle strategy master, then maybe I would get in that kind of headspace, but yeah. I usually just go into, you know, well, my character would do like not to, not to be like a. I think there's a way to go too far with that. With like, well, my character's an asshole, so he'll be an asshole and try and steal everybody. Although I, I always play assholes though, so I don't even know if that's the right uh, plan. Because <laughs> <laughs> Barris Barris is less of an asshole than Pizza Tacos was at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, Barris I feel is more naive than yeah. an asshole. And I like playing that up in terms yeah. of everything is more or less new to him. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking of our last session, which I don't really want to bring up too much things <laughs> exactly. here, but um, cause it's not, it's not uh, yeah. released yeah, before, yet. Yeah. Before we get back into our campaign, I just had a question um, that I thought um, I want to pose to you since you're really, Outside of Jonathan, and he may have not even played many D&D &D campaigns recently. Um, it seems like he more moved on to other kind of games before joining us. But right. um, how do you feel the differences between... I know you guys are running a set campaign, the Tomb of Annihilation, mm -hmm. over just the, the... Do you notice the difference over just the free form of a created campaign? Um, interesting question. Uh one of the things is is time and i don't even know if it's if it's the difference between it might just be the difference between dms or okay. uh, i don't know if it's necessarily because in my current campaign that we're that's not us 
Um, we managed to accomplish too much during a day <laughs> that it becomes a detriment to us. It's like we like we cleared out four temples and we've it's been four hours, so we can't take a, a long rest yet. <laughs> so it's like, well, I'm fucked because I'm a barbarian and I used one rage each time. So um, I'm screwed. So, uh, yeah, I don't even know if that's a byproduct of that. Um, I don't know. I think I think I think you I think you're you're very good at kind of creating on the spot something that um, we ask about, like. Again, there was an ex a specific example I'm thinking about in the last campaign, in the last session, that um, I can't, don't really want to talk about here. But you, you know, someone asked a question like, "Is this, is does this is, exist?" And like, "Oh yeah, well, sure enough, there is. You just got to look hard <laughs> enough for it." Um, yeah. So I think I think there is that that free form ability to create on the fly, just yeah. to just to allow. Uh, a character or per a player to do what they want to accomplish. So I think that's good. Um, yeah. Cause there are, there are points in this campaign where we're like, well, my character is um, proficient in this, but he doesn't have the tools or he, he's got the tools, but he's not proficient in it anyway. And it's like, well, there's no place here that you could do that. Like, oh, well, fuck me. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I feel, and it might be a difference in DM and I'm not saying, um, some kind of god DM or anything like that, but the the ability to some people feel more comfortable just going by the book, and the book says this takes this long, and that's how long it takes, and you know they get that nervousness that you have, Ant, um, out of their system by knowing okay, I'll just I'm just gonna go by the book, and I'll like maybe maybe color outside the lines a little bit, but not completely. You know, um, that way I don't have to think about certain things. Um, and getting in a trade secret with me, sometimes time and distance is just like, uh, how much longer do we have? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got 20 minutes left in this episode. Okay, uh, yeah, it's nighttime. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, because the, the last session I DM'd was the Halloween episode, and that was the first time I went on a pre-written campaign. And I could definitely see going off of one of those as being like a crutch because that was like the first time, even though I had read the module, uh, that was the first time I felt unprepared to um, like ad lib it. Uh, so the first three I, I did were all kind of created in my head uh, with minimal notes, really. Um and those I felt a little more, I felt more comfortable doing because it was, you know, it was all my own creation and, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, just go with the flow. And then it's just like, well, this one's a module and it says here that that doesn't exist. So I could definitely see how it could become a crutch, almost like, you know, if your notes are there, you're going to read them. Or like if there's a yeah. teleprompter, you're going to read off the teleprompter, even despite the fact that you might know whatever you're reading, like yeah. specifically, like down to the, the word. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll, I'll say for me, that's the main thing I learned through campaign one, was my notes have gotten shorter and shorter as each session has gone on, um, because a I know you guys, so 
I'm like, all right, they're not going to follow the line. Well, maybe one of you would love to follow the line that I set forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the the rest of you is like, you know, I know the thing you're probably talking about from the last episode, and that's like, it's not out of the, you know, it's not something crazy was asked for. It was just something like, oh, yeah, that would be, you know, sure, mm-hmm. whatever. It's not in my notes. Yeah. Now I just got to think of a name for it when you go there. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing. That's the only thing I don't do that really Mercer suggests. Um, is he has a he has like a page of names, and you know location names in case if you, they go off the beaten path, mm-hmm. or they ask someone's name, like um, like the name. I, it was my stupid fault, but the name of someone you run into in in the last session, I didn't write down a name, and you asked the name, and I first name that popped in my head. Um, <laughs> what's the name of that character? Um, but he goes by. He has like you know, paper of names and he crosses them out as he names characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that's good. And the reason why I don't like the modules and I like the way I do is because the way I have the notes is I just have the descriptions of the places, what they have, what they do, you know, who's there. That's it. You know, I don't say, uh, and any specific in, um, investigation perception checks to find things. Um, like in particular, like whenever you're you're looking for something and I'll tell you how long it takes or if you actually find it, I have those numbers written down, mm-hmm. um, how much you need to hit. Um, some of them were just made up in my head. I'm like, God, oh, it's early on the campaign. The persuading this person wouldn't be that hard. Um, you know, we'll keep it low. Um, but the biggest advice that I learned and maybe um, I don't know if you can take it into yours or anybody out there listening um, when you DM, but the biggest thing I took from listening to like at least a half dozen DMs, videos on YouTube and interviews and stuff is the best way to do is um, prepare notes like as many like um, in time, prepare that amount of time for how long the session's going to be. Like if it's mm-hmm. a four hour session, just prepare for four hours, like in depth, like get that and then spend the rest of your time between hand just making outlines of everywhere else they could go to. Um, sure. So you go spend four hours on, okay, like I'd spent four hours or more on the town you're in. And then I also spent the other two hours. Okay. What if they say, ah, fuck this. We're going to go to this town now. <laughs> okay. I have to have like an outline of what that town looks like, Sure. Um, you know, and things. And I think the modules don't really let you do that, which is why I believe the beginning of our first campaign is the weakest of anything we did. Um, Cause I was trying to stay within the lost finds of Fandelver. Um, uh, which is great for you guys because got to learn. Um, and then I got to kind of know what I wanted to do um, from there. But, yeah, don't over-prepare. Always mm-hmm. outlines are your friends. Like, just make outlines of just random things. Like, okay, if they go here, this is kind of what I want to happen here. And then if they go there, you go, okay. Well, now I'm going to make this up and then I got to re-listen to this episode or... I have to take notes while they're talking so that I remember what happened, like what I said on the fly right. here um, for that stuff. Thankfully, we record, so yeah. I can go back and listen. But for DMs that don't do that, I'd recommend taking extensive notes if it's something you haven't already prepared, um, just sure. so you can have callbacks and things like that, um, which are great, which is the great um, Clark, Barg, and, you know... <laughs> the bugbear family that attacked you guys all throughout campaign one. Yeah. Um, 
that was that was on the thing of keeping track of which names I used already. <laughs> uh, um, and what because I actually literally in D&D Beyond created a different class for each bugbear. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. So essentially, uh, that was the part of this episode I wanted to get to just the, you know, we talked about DMing a little bit and different styles of DMs. Um, I recommend anybody out there that wants to do it, you know, just watch millions of videos on YouTube. I would start with, you know, um, you know, uh, Mercer's probably the most famous, but, you know, you got Brandon Lee Mulligan, who does Dimension 20, and Griffin um, McElroy, who does the Adventure Zone, and then they have, like, panels and stuff like that, Austin Walker, who's advice, you know, and they're all different kinds of DMs, so you find one, get take advice from a bunch of them, and just do it, and the one thing they learn, which is what Ant did... Um, is always let your players be able to call you on something. Um, you know, never think you're that much of an ego that, you know, you're, you rule with an iron fist as a DM because that makes the game no fun. Yeah. Um, the, so to finish this off, um, I have a couple questions for you, Ant, in particular, because you're the one that I do a lot of these references for, unless they're specifically <laughs> tailored for someone. Right. Um, uh, at what point did you figure out what I based the six on? Um, the so not the last session, but the session before you would come back and Earl, like maybe first two minutes, you had mentioned that the name of the werewolf we fought was Lon. Yes, and for whatever reason, the previous session it did not click for me, but it immediately clicked when. Um, when I heard it that time. So then the next episode aired when you went through the descriptions of all of them. And for whatever reason, I did not catch, um, oh fuck. Um, uh, Karloff. Karloff. I did not catch the name was Karloff, which would have tipped me off immediately. I mean, how many, how often do you hear the word Karloff? That doesn't have to do with <laughs> Boris Karloff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that's when I caught that. So, because I because once you said lawn, and then listening back to the last the the next episode, I was like, oh yeah, it's probably Universal Monsters. So it's probably just like listening for the descriptions, yeah. um, and then the one in Hawkins I had known immediately. Yeah, just because we had discussed that on Hop Nation USA, the yeah. description that you provided, <laughs> and I know I know what Hawkins is a reference to, so it wasn't too yeah. much of a surprise either. Yeah, that that one was like that was like the gimme. That was like this yeah. putting it up on a t ball for you, yeah. and I knew it would only be for you. The description <laughs> of the one Demi Gergen. Yeah. Um, Demi Gorgon, I should say, or maybe I should, I should name them Demi Gergen and Demi Gorgon, and that <laughs> would be two go. separate monsters. <laughs> Uh, there we go. We you watched me write something. Um, <laughs> so yeah, essentially, if you haven't figured it out, there, uh, you know, it's not much of a reveal. Um, I I used like pseudonyms. I guess would be the best description of it. Um, uh, so we didn't say the names of the actual monsters. Um, not that I was worried about any kind of copyright or anything. They're probably all in the public domain at this point. Um, but the hardest part was that Boris Karloff played like four of them. <laughs> right, he did. So, so trying to figure out which one to use his name for was tough. Right. Um, I mean, I think the most he picked the most famous one. Yeah, yeah, and that that was the one I did. Um, and coming up with the names for them was, was fun. 
Um, I learned something about the creature from the Black Lagoon. Is that it was played by like three different guys. Yep, yep. It's played by four different guys. Um, but uh, that's why there's just uh, that's why there's distinctively. And you guys haven't figured this part out yet, so I won't spoil it. But why, when people see him on land, he has different names than when they see him in the sea. Yeah, that's what I checked. That that's that's because I didn't. I, w- I was like, because when I when I was listening back to that episode, I was like, okay, um, I don't. Is he making like a lawyer joke? Like I said, because it sounds like a law firm. I was like, I what? Because and then I was thinking, I was like, I te- I actually don't know who played Creature from the Black Lagoon. Let me look it up. Maybe that's a it's a reference to this. But then I looked it up. It was like sure enough, like four different yeah. people played it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite one. Um, and I'll let everybody keep guessing what it's in reference to. You probably already know. But the one that was my favorite was coming up with the crooning Phantasma. Might be. Um, and if you don't know it, I'll tell you when we get off air. But um, that was my favorite. And I don't even know if that's technically a universal monster, but um, I have a setup for that um, coming forward. So. Oh, um, I, I know what it is. Okay. Um, I, don't think I, I don't think I remember hearing that one. Yeah, I might have thought it was something else, but it's played I... by Christine or known as Christine. And okay, I think yeah, you can look it up and see where I that one. Was yeah, um, and yeah, so, um, yeah, so that that was my big my big thing. Um, we got other references coming up that are specific to players, which I think everybody out there will enjoy. But um, yeah, so uh, final question for you before we head out, Ant. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, what are your thoughts uh, so far on campaign two? Exactly in terms of um, the way the story is going, how everybody's playing. Just a just a uh, kind of check in at this point. Um, you don't have to mention specifics, but you can even use your feelings for the episodes that have not aired. Sure, um, I am really liking this campaign so far. Uh, I will say the. The world feels a little more lived in and more expansive, I'll say. I think there was a point in the in the first campaign where we were kind of going A to B and then B to C and then C to D. Um, But now, like starting off with like, well, we have a week to do whatever we want to in this town feels very. Uh, it's it's kind of what I was looking for and what I was hoping for because I, I think one I think towards the end of last um, last campaign is we had that week off in hell and I was like oh I could spend this time to become proficient in something this is, as a first time player I didn't really even think that that was a thing and I was like okay well come going forward I hope you know we have more times to you know think that think like things like that like you know maybe. Maybe I want to become fish, uh, proficient in the loot again, or something. You know, like, <laughs> or now there's something specific, a task that I'm hoping to learn. Yeah. Um, and I'm very happy that we already have our one ongoing joke that will be um, haunting Dan <laughs> for the rest of his, for the rest of the campaign until he unceremoniously decides that he doesn't want to be a Baragon anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly why he stopped being O'Craig for a little bit, was <laughs> with the inside joke with O'Craig. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you said. The it, the reason I like this a lot more is I feel a little more freedom, and maybe it's my confidence, but um, 
being tied to you know Xandria and Critical Role's world, um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to like change it up too much. Um, for some reason, the word bastardized came to my head, but I don't know if that's exactly what I would be doing. Sure. Um, to to his world. That's why mm -hmm. there was a lot more freedom once I got to the hells, <laughs> in terms of certain things. Um, I but we had, but we were near the end of the campaign, and I felt a little bit of campaign fatigue near the end. Um, sure. With you guys, so that's why we rushed that a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like this because I have these towns set up, um, and I've only focused on this section. Um, because your story takes place here. Um, so um, I can make the towns, you know, lively, give them personality, and not have to worry about the town across the world um, if you guys decide to go there. Uh -huh. And hopefully everything will, you know, work out that you guys can choose wherever you want to go after certain things, and we can deal with it then. But but I do like, I'm glad that you guys are seeing the difference um, in the way that the towns are structured. And, and hopefully when we go to the other towns, I do just as good of a job because I had fun writing Astoria. And it helps when people are giving me little things here and there, like Jonathan giving me the list of things for the rock and roll, um, Church of Rock and Roll. Mm -hmm. And I took one of them, like he was thinking of one of the names of the church as being the Dire Straits. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to take that for a restaurant. <laughs> um, uh, so... Um, yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed it. So um, that'll do it for us. About a half hour in. So I think we like to keep these nice and short here. Um, so thank you to Anthony for joining me. Um, mm -hmm. Plays the role of Barris uh, Delamonte, right? Barris Delamonte. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am surprised I have not fucked that up yet and <laughs> called the the Delacroix the Delamontes at any point. Um, Delamonte. Yeah, Duramonte. Um, because I think I have it written in front of me. I think that's why I don't <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> it's when I try to come off the top of my head that I screw that stuff up. Um, large foot, long foot, withstanding. Um, <laughs> so, thank you again. Um, we'll be back um, next week. will be episode five, which will be the beginning of session three. Um, so, if you haven't uh, watched the live stream of that yet, um, you'll... you'll you know, be able to see what these guys do um, in Astoria. Um, so, for Anthony, I am the DM Mark, and is it Wednesday yet?